Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A small warning. On this episode of Park Date, we used AI to generate an artificially intelligent presenter going by the name Chris Beanland. Please note this is not the real person, but an artificially intelligently generated person who is not the real person. Welcome to another park date. I'm here at Leeds City Park, except it's not Leeds in the UK, it's Leeds in the Utah. Yes, I've come all the way to the west side of America to uh, record this introduction. That's not true. Uh, I was just here anyway, going to some national parks and stuff like that. Um, And I found myself in Leeds, Utah, uh, where there's a great pizza place called Mainly Pizza. And uh, this great park where there's kind of uh, some playground equipment. There's a stagecoach you can play on and people playing football, or as Americans would say, soccer. So why not introduce this episode, Chris? Okay, I'll do it. Um, Coming up now, we have David Ellis, who um, talked to me as we walked over Woodhouse Moor, a.k.a. Hyde Park in Leeds. David is a principal transport planner at Leeds City Council. He is a urbanist and historian as well. He's interested in cities, planning and transport. And we had a massive geek out session and it was fantastic. That's what you're going to hear now. We did it just before David interviewed me about my book, Lido. And uh, we've since got together to do another event at the Hyde Park Book Club where we talked about City Parks, which is my book uh, about city parks uh, related to this podcast. And we also did an event about my unbuilt book. David is my favourite person to um, do book talks with and he is a great person. We actually first met when I was judging a Graham Coxon lookalike contest, which David won. So enjoy this episode, and as ever, if you like Park Day, please do subscribe and like. Uh, the socials are at Park Day Podcast, and mine is at Christopher Beanland. Um, do enjoy this episode.
welcome to Leeds. Uh, we're on Woodhouse Moor, or is it sometimes called Hyde Park? And I'm here with David Ellis. David, thank you for joining me today. Great to be here, Chris. Yeah, that is a good. What would you say? It's a good question to what, start what, off yeah, with. What, yeah. What, what's would the, you, what would you say the name of this park is? Subject of lengthy debate. Yeah. I'm I'm in the Woodhouse Moor crowd as like a traditionalist. Yeah. Uh, following what it says on the map, and you're but from Leeds, so we have I am to from Leeds, to you. but I'm a bit of a historian. Bit yeah. Of, yeah, being a bit technical, but I think to a lot of locals, it's fair to say it is Hyde Park. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> both are both are acceptable. And I, sure. rem- I remember in my student days, everyone would say um, say Hyde Park, and it's partly because you've got Hyde Park Corner, which is just over here. Yeah, um, with the Hyde Park Pub and the Hyde Park Book Club, which is where. We're doing a little event later, aren't we? After this, um, after this podcast, absolutely, yeah. The former car garage that you remember it being, yes. which I think I've not, not actually met anyone who remembers this. Not to, <laughs> showing it's my, a bit massive my shade to throw at the start of a podcast. <laughs> it's not that long ago. I don't know. Clearly, not met the right people, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> no longer a car garage, and now a very, very cool bar, cafe space. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you very, very kindly um, organised this event. Where I'm going to talk about my. Lido book, and I don't think I told you this, but it's actually the first live talk I'll have ever given for that Lido book because it came out in COVID and we had to cancel everything. So such a shame. Yeah, was yeah. it was it 2020 then that yeah, it really launched? 2020, exactly. Wow. Yeah, so we had to um, yeah we had to cancel all those events. So this will be a nice a nice one to uh, nice one to do in a great uh, great venue. But yeah, so we're going to walk through we'll walk through Hyde Park or Woodhouse Moor a little bit. Um, and you, well, you. So you live near here now. David, I do now, you, yeah. But yeah. you lived in other parts of Leeds. I have, yeah. Been to other parks, I guess, when you were, yeah, sort of growing up here, right? Yeah. So I, I grew up in North Leeds. So I guess, like in my immediate area of Leeds, it was pretty suburban and kind of one of the areas that doesn't really have many of its own sort of purpose-built parks. But we used to go to some of the bigger ones, like Round A Park. And Golden Acre Park, which I love just because the name is so cool. I don't know um, that one. I've been to Roundtable. I don't know. Yeah, Gold, Golden, Golden Acre. Acre like? I just I love the history of it because it was like the name was a complete sort of invention by like a property developer in the 1930s who were, mm. they were trying to develop the area, and so they called it Golden Acre. It was a sort of I don't know, evocative title. And um, that park was originally like. Um, almost like a, a mini theme park in the 1930s and it had like rides and a big lake with kind of boats on the lake and um, I think it had, you know, sort of not, not roller coasters but kind of, you know, fairground type attractions. But it kind of, it was all a bit of a commercial failure and I think it right. closed just before the war and lay kind of semi-abandoned throughout the wartime. So I always found that history really fascinating and then it was kind of, kind of safe from dereliction by the council who sort of, I think they bought it and they kind of pared it back and turned it into a more conventional park without as much, without the attraction. So it's just like a lake now with some gardens and woodland. Yeah. And it's a lovely, really lovely space. It's not as accessible as what I smoke. It's out, it's kind of out beyond Adel on the Otley Road. Yes. Um, but that was a, that was one I quite liked because I, lo- I loved imagining kind of, it's kind of oh, lost grandeur. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So like a big kind of amusement, almost like a yeah. theme park or something. Like one of those big 1930s, bit like what you're going to talk about later, a bit like in mm. the leisure movement that gave rise to Lido's, people with more time, more money, going out to just be on the city to sort of um, yeah. 
have fun and, and maybe wrong, but I've I, I wouldn't be surprised if they had a sort of informal lido there as well, but that's now as part of this lake, but that's now long gone. Yeah, and the two things actually go together, don't they? Because when I when I was researching the the Lido book, um a lot of the Lidos that you uh found out about were in parks. Mm. And um obviously the parks came generally before Lidos, more in the sort of Victorian yeah. era but then when they were building lidos they thought well actually a park is a good place uh to put them so a yeah. lot of a lot of them were in were in uh parks in fact there was there one in round hay there I was might, that yeah. was leeds's i they think had one there, i think leeds only they might yeah. be wrong again but there was certainly one in round day like at the base of the dam yeah of the big lake and that was there till the late 80s really popular lido pretty sure it was certainly the it's sort of built in the interwar mm. years hugely popular post-war but yeah then followed that trajectory where it sort of i guess local authority cuts and slightly changing leisure habits meant that it was less popular into the 80s and and shut i think 89 year after i was born so i never yeah never experienced that one and the site is still there i think mainly grassed over part of it is a car park which seems to be the fate of all great urban amenities that they get turned yes. into car parks but um yeah victoria park like yeah. car park as well so it yeah. could in, but in theory it could return it's not you know it's yeah. not been built on um yeah but no round day and now people swim i guess they're not meant to but i've heard there are people that swim in the, in the uh, lake in the lake in early morning away from watchful <laughs> eyes but um just showing that there would be demand for a i think for there, a lido there yeah i think there is and we, we were talking about some of the other campaigns to bring uh, Lido's back in in Yorkshire to places like Hull and Oxenhope, mm, Otley. Yeah, there's, there's definitely um, an an appetite. Yeah, for uh, for outdoor swimming and pe- yeah, people are trying to um, bring them back. Liverpool as well. There's a big uh, big campaign. Do you think um, we can see more of them maybe coming back to back to cities in the future? I'd like to think so. Yeah, I really would. I yeah. think. Um, I guess it's just so hard because of the, the the cost of urban land and the cost of just building them and maintaining them. But I, I do think I think the, I think people's greater interest in sport and swimming throughout the year, things like triathlon and competitive swimming, seems to have grown. So I think there's a real all year demand for them, which maybe you know helps the old business case for building a yeah. Lido. But just that I, I mean, we're going to hear later from people who were involved in these campaigns at the event. But I just I imagine that initial push to stick that money in to get it built especially if the lido was um the actual structure's been demolished it's probably really hard but um i i think we i'd like to think we could yeah see, see a lot more i hope we do well um, yeah. I, I, and we need uh I, I guess you need um uh i guess uh say things like stakeholders right you yeah. need to get all the stakeholders involved and uh the councils i guess are one of those yeah. things and as a as a uh, lead city council um, officer, yeah. yeah, exactly. Do you think um, you you have to kind of persuade the the councils in these places to to kind of come on board, or yeah. is it something that you can do without? I mean, I think I'd imagine most people who work in like the asset management sections of councils, the leisure services sections, would love the idea about their lives because it like a they're into that sort of thing by you know virtue of their jobs, but also it really complements and supports the sort of public health agenda of our time to get, mm. kind of get people out get people active yeah get people healthy supports yeah. the notion of you know people 
sort of community cohesion, bringing people together, which Lydas often did from different kind of social backgrounds, different age groups. Um, it's also really child friendly, and like Leeds is got a strong. So like I'm doing a PR pitch here, but this yeah. does have a mission to be a child-friendly city and an age-friendly city. So it really, it, you know, it ticks all, a lot of boxes in, in, you know, in the jargon. But uh, yeah. I guess it's that the challenge, as ever with local government, is just the, that initial capital funding. So I guess to do it, sit council cities need to find find a funding pot. They need to, they'll have to bid, yeah. bid funding from somewhere and get creative with their applications. But yeah, like in principle... David, it's is, definitely something Leeds would support, I'm it, sure. Is your job like <laughs> being in parks and recreation? Is, is that like, so I, uh, is that like a documentary? I'm going to have to disappoint you because I have not really thoroughly watched it, but I'm told... You need to watch that show. From, from, from kind of ranting about my, you know, talking to my people about my job, I'm, I'm, I'm given to believe it is, but I definitely need to watch that show. And I love the fact that, I mean... It's a complete tangent, this, but, like, I love the fact that the Americans have created a comedy about people working in a branch of local in government. Local like, government, yeah. That would never... They've yeah. kind of made it cool and made it funny, and I almost can't imagine that happening in Britain, but, um... I mean, I I'm, I'm in, yeah, different I th- area, but, uh... I, I think we, but could yeah. do, we could do, like, a British... Uh, maybe we should write a British version of um, Parks and Recreation. We could set it in your planning department. Because <laughs> yeah. I think, actually, I think planning... Um, it is kind of under, uh, you know, local government. Lo- local government things in general, people don't really understand. But no, planning, no. especially, yeah, they is don't. such a big important thing. People don't really get it. So no. maybe, maybe we could kind of we could tell that story, but with uh, with a sort of comedy. It do, would do, be funny. Do funny things happen in the planning office as well? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sort of specifically in like what's known as highways and transportation, like doing transport okay, planning. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we do have fun. Um, I don't know whether we have as much fun as people in Parks and Rec, but um, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Uh, we, we definitely. There's a lot of passionate people who um, are really committed to what they do and have a good sense of humour. So um, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe it could be the subject of a show. I guess we don't kind of like manage things in quite the same way as I guess a Parks and Rec department do. We're a bit more behind the scenes, sort of preparing plans and writing business cases and having meetings so um maybe a little bit less scope but who yeah knows? who knows i'm not a i'm not a director or a producer so i always yeah. i always thought something like that could really work well mm. in you know if you said it in the 60s or something when oh, yeah. the planners really had the power yeah, that would be good to do everything right yeah yeah so yeah. should we sit down over here for yeah a let's do it but yeah the you know obviously when you think about leeds in that time just like a lot of other I know a lot of other cities they were really transforming the city and the planners especially yeah were well, really could you know the, the idea of the Leeds motorway city of yeah, the 70s yeah. when it was um, when it was you know that that idea that we were going to build all the ring roads and stuff they were really transforming the city and did they? in a lot of cases yeah yeah well I think I've not seen it but I'd like to but there's a I think there's like um, a recent kind of play about like Robert Moses and his battle with Jane Jacobs in mm. New York which was was one of those plays that was like broadcast to cinemas but I missed it so there's already some kind of uh, kind of media on this but um but yeah I know Leeds was it was I mean this this was like actually what a lot of my PhD was on so you sort of maybe maybe speaking to the right person here, <laughs> but yeah Leeds was very it was very ambitious and it, it 
it really it had a very clear vision and kind of looking back and kind of comparing it to today it's amazing how how much was built in such a short time yeah. frame so like the the kind of core bit of being a ring road which is like a you know chunky piece of engineering sort of urban motorway around the northern part of the city was like essentially like the idea was first emerging like the late 50s and then like by the mid to late 60s they were building it and like by the early 70s they'd finished like the first yeah. kind of northern arc so like in sort of 15 years from just twinkling someone's eye to this huge and, and the you know huge project so that is astonishing i mean and in a strange way i'm although that's like completely like diametrically opposed to what i'm about <laughs> as someone who's in into cycling and yeah. cycling structure and walking I, I am amazed at how much they got done yeah. like they really did get things done i um, think that's, the, that's in that the, era i think that's the thing as well you look at it and you, you're kind of you're kind of appalled by it yeah but at the same time i, I see a certain beauty there is there. a certain beauty There's yeah, an, an, you yeah. Know, it, was, it was amazing that they could create these things yeah and um it was yeah very very go ahead wasn't it you know mm. build, building the flats and building the yeah, yeah in the ring absolutely. road especially because it, yeah it was as you say it was all the commercial redevelopment and the public housing mm. alongside it um, and yeah sometimes it is there are bits of it that are yeah that are quite aesthetically pleasing like my my favourite bit of it's almost like a and I am not it's embarrassing to admit it when you're into civil transport but the the flyover in Halifax and you know that one yeah. that kind of soars over the valley like it looks very cool Los yeah. Angeles style like yeah. again like it's, it's enabling the car but it does look pretty good you it can't, does can't deny it but um so yeah there's and i think you've got to when you're looking back at history you can't just be really negative you've got to try and understand people and their motivations and kind of um, not be too moralistic and like treat it i think that's a product of its time i think that's a really interesting point david mm. and you're so right because in that era um colin buchanan's traffic in town right. was kind of the yeah. bible for everything everyone yeah. thought well we're gonna have to you know cars are gonna be this big problem yeah. we have to solve the problem by building roads yeah just as now you know we kind of think we need to build cycle lanes we need to have you know yeah. sustainability exactly you, you have these different things which are products at different times and right? maybe in 30 40 years someone will be sitting on a bench talking about the follies of all these cycle <laughs> yeah. tracks because maybe there'll be a new yeah a new sort of zeitgeist then exactly that'll, that'll well, be like drones over. or something flying cars i know well, well why did they build all this cycle tracks <laughs> but what one interesting point which i'd when i when i finally get around to it, i'd love to write an article on this but i never quite get around to mm. it um is that like even though they built a lot of infrastructure in places like these in that time they actually still it's kind of really paradoxical but they wanted to control the car and they didn't actually want everyone to drive everywhere so they actually they thought they were sort of or their goal was to preserve a part of the city mm. kind of channel the car onto these purpose-built roads but actually they wanted most people to use the bus so they kind of wanted the roads to be free-flowing with like a right. small number of cars right. most people getting the bus and walking when they got to the city center uh, to sort of in their view kind of preserve sort of the as you know the rest of the urban fabric yeah. and whereas when we look at it now we sort of tend to assume oh they didn't care about cities they didn't care about public transport yeah. they wanted to kind of completely tear them all up that wasn't actually their goals but obviously the way that infrastructure has been used is quite different because the roads are heavily used yeah. and bus use declined so it's like they did fail in that respect um yeah and i guess it's, yeah I, I guess they they needed uh, roads because they had to have buses in Leeds because it's it's kind of the biggest I think it's the biggest city in Europe that doesn't have oh yeah kind of rapid transit another and been, mode yeah yeah, been, yeah. been kind of um, 
all these ideas over the years and well oh, recently yeah. they wanted to build a tram up Otley Road which is yes. where we're near now I guess that would have been a project when you were at uni yes yeah. it, and in fact I think I, I think I'm right in saying that maybe the all that run of shops by Hyde Park book club yes. would have been knocked down so we might have not had a venue for tonight I know yeah and it's where, amazing to think isn't yeah it? well I got my hair cut uh, at university for uh, three pounds at a time in one in a barber's that was on the corner and I think that was in a condemned yeah, yeah. Sched- scheduled for demolition for the tram but that that tram was never uh, never built was it, kind it of... the super tram is it in your it's not in your book unbilt you'll have to do a new well, yes we'll have to do a new issue it needs to be yeah a new version, appendix yeah. needs to be released yeah yeah and what what made me laugh as well then when they said that they weren't going to build the tram they introduced those buses which looked like trams oh yeah but do you remember those ones i do yeah <laughs> kind of like a bus bendy buses or yeah. articulated buses in like the XTRs industry or something weird. yeah they lasted for i think about a decade yeah and um but then got they, yeah they ended up getting scrapped and we kind of went back to double double deckers a, which, yeah regular bus for some reason yeah we don't because those sort of bendy buses are so common like on the continent and they work really well but mm. for various reasons we've never managed to make them work in Britain uh, yeah. which is a whole whole other podcast I think you can exactly, have on that. exactly. Maybe, maybe not one many people would want to listen to <laughs> but, um, but yeah we'll do, we'll, we'll do an episode of that we could I'd, do I'd that listen, I'd listen when you to get that. to transport yeah. yeah exactly exactly but these I mean these things are really Really important, really interesting. Yeah. And I mean, you see it in parks as well. That I guess this is sort of a cycle lane coming through the park, isn't it? And yeah, you know, parks we do have, have one. This, this space where people walk and people can yeah. bike as well. Yeah, so yeah. The parks are important as a kind of transport. I do think they can be, yeah. Because um, often that, yeah, they allow you to when there is like a designated route, they like to avoid the main road. Mm. Um, you're sort of sharing the space with pedestrians, which can be problematic, but it can also work if you know, if the routes aren't really busy. And it can be really pleasant, like especially when it's light. Um, and yeah, um, and often parks, yeah, do connect communities in a way that's better than the main road. Or mm. sometimes there is no main road, and a park kind of that's on a you know hillside or something actually is the only link. Like, yeah, you see those kind of linear parks. Yeah, exactly. Don't you? Yeah. Like we've got the the Meanwood Valley is like a, a set of there's a set mm. of green spaces in Leeds, um, and one of our cycle routes goes up there. Um, obviously the downside is they're not necessarily like safe at night if they're not lit so they're not mm. you know they're not maybe the absolute gold standard um but they can be really good they can be really useful yeah um there's a few there's a, another good one millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Beckett's Park, kind of, yeah. which is just on the other side of Headingley. Um, but yeah, great place to walk and yeah. and run. And yeah, like, as I said about it, it's great for, for efforts to improve public health and sort of sociability and community um, connections, um, the places where people come together. Um, yeah. yeah, and I guess in your job, you, you kind of have to see like the big picture as well. You're kind of yeah. looking at like trans. You're looking at transport planning. Yeah, how, like how everything sort of works. Definitely. Together, right? Yeah, we are. Yeah, I mean, very much so. I mean, traditionally it was sort of high engineering was in a bit of a silo, but it's really it's become a lot more progressive in recent years and decades. And now it's much more interested in not just moving motor vehicles, but thinking about how we can improve people's quality of life. You know, address issues like loneliness. You know, put other public health problems. Yeah, you know, address community cohesion issues. Like, get people into their neighbourhoods. And it's it's not just about how you move people around, but thinking about the quality of place um, on streets and on roads. So, mm. seeing them as places where people actually dwell rather than just move through. And parks are so often on the edge of roads, and so that like interface between the park and the road is so important. And how you, how you get in and out of the of the park. And um, yeah, and seeing parks. Just, also places where people move through not just places where people dwell so like yeah we do we are much we are much broader i think yeah like that legacy of the past where i think people were a little bit more narrowly focused um is is hard to address because like you know in the past most of our big roads were built for moving motor vehicles and so (laughs) but now yeah we are much more holistic um but yeah we've, we've got a legacy of bigger roads that were sort of um that aren't always as good for walking and cycling. But yeah. we, are, we are making them more walkable, more cyclable. And it's amazing how possible that is, like, to, to actually retrofit them. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what we're doing. And, and actually, a lot of cities are doing. Yeah, you can see that in a lot of cities, mm. can't you? And, well, talking about where we are now, you mm. see the Otley Road basically comes right through. Yeah. Um, Woodhouse War, H- yeah. Hyde Park. It's yeah. kind of like an old very old road it isn't really it out is. of Leeds yeah 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 and it sort of cuts through there's the main part of the park on this side mm. and then kind of a smaller part on the there other is, side yeah. but well, yeah you, you kind of wonder if maybe you could sort of knit the two parts together exactly get some more cycle space or exactly something. yeah I mean we've, that's yeah that's exactly the sort of ideas we're looking at and how you improve the connections across and um, another interesting thing we're doing is we're increasingly looking at whether um, like the opportunity to convert parts of really big roads into parkland and we've actually done that in the city centre on Meadow Lane so we we took a really big dual carriageway that was kind of like a dual carriageway to nowhere because it just ended at an old Mm. traditional street at Leeds Bridge and we've converted that to just a single carriageway road 
and what was one of the carriageways and a huge car park, a lot of that has been converted to a new park, um, which is kind of linked to other parks as part of like the an effort to make the south bank of the city um, like a, a, a little more livable yeah. place. So I'll yeah, we, check that out. Yeah. yeah, and again, like talk talked before about how hard it is to fund things, you know, in local government. But we one thing we councils do own a lot of is highway space, and so if that mm. highway space isn't needed for like motor vehicles anymore. That space we can use for things yeah. like parks, yeah. you know, like <laughs> Lido's in a, in a perfect world. Um, we have a long, a long, thin Lido. Yeah, long, yeah, long, yeah. <laughs> long exactly. inner ring road or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. there's, there are these, see, yeah. There's, we're, we're thinking about spaces differently. Yeah. What do you think about um, the the idea of this Leeds High Line, David? That might oh, might go along yeah. the, the railway, one of the old railway viaducts. It's Holbeck. a cool idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. A tremendous amount about it but um yeah i've been to the like new york highline and that's mm. amazing um and i've yeah, seen other, so popular it's unbelievably so popular. popular and i've yeah. seen i've certainly read about other examples of that in other areas um kind of like parks that bridge roads like there's one of those in like mile end isn't there something a yeah, bit like that exactly. shorter one. so yeah. great idea and that would in theory like link parts of holbeck in south leaves out to elland road um great oh, idea cool. As a, as a Bradford fan, oh, why right. would you want it? Why you would you want, want to go know, to Ellen okay, Road? Fine, yeah. I don't think oh, yeah. I don't think that should be cancelled now. Well, I'm a non. You, you can you welcome to troll me on that because I'm, as everyone who knows me knows, I don't really I don't know anything about football. So <laughs> right. I, although I'm virtually a lifelong Leeds resident, um, I don't have a horse in that race to mix to mix metaphors. Um, well, that's well, that's for we can be friends. Then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for the purpose of this podcast, I support Bradford, so that's, that's fine. Um, but yeah, but yeah it's, it's, in, in, increasing connection as well. Yeah, it? it's yeah. a good idea. Um, yeah, I, I, I just I think it's just about yeah whether um, whether that's needed for railway infrastructure mm. or not. But it's a great idea. Um, but yeah, in, in that southern part of the city centre there are actually a lot of plans to create new green space um and in fact some yeah there are two new sort of parks that have already been created which is really 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 good yeah. that are all kind of linked um and yeah great to see them especially when they're you know redundant car parks or underused car parks being converted to park that's that's i think a great way to make a make a city whole again yeah um, you, you see those kind of pocket parks as mm, well in london and I've yeah seen, seen them in america where it's just you know maybe the residents will come along and help with things so you're almost creating a kind of neighborhood you are yeah yeah where maybe there wouldn't wouldn't be one otherwise so that exactly can work quite nicely can't it it can and there's a big tradition in leeds i guess like a lot of cities of like friends groups that have groups right. of local people who, who like support the maintenance of the park like they're not the main maintainers mm. but they do bits of extra maintenance so they help they help bid for funding and they they're kind of like the guardians of the park um and most parks have a friends like a friends of Roundhead park friends of um i think cross flats park and beeson's definitely got yeah. one but yeah those those really little pocket parks again yeah, they, they do bring people together because they're kind of what they're they're what the community makes of them really we do have a We've got a few park lots, as they're sometimes called, in Leeds. There's one on the calls where just a single parking space has been removed, yeah. and there's some planters and some seating. And even 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 that tiny, what is it like, two and a half by six meter space is like does bring people together. And yeah. you kind of the people who maintain it get to know each other, and then that helps to helps to make a bit of a community. Um, 
So yeah, I mean there must be. I mean you're from, you live in Hackney, don't you? And yeah. places like London Fields and Victoria Park, they've been through long. I guess they've been renovated a lot recently, and there must have been a lot of community input into that. So yeah, similar sort of thing. I think so. And you can see, yeah, you can see those parks. Um, so much work's been done on to, on, on them, and they've really been uh, renewed. And yeah, we, we both have, we, we talked about America a lot before. Yes. We, we were both fans of America. We when are. I was when I was in New York. <laughs> yeah. Uh, recently, so many of the parks in New York have been unbelievably well refurbished like prospect oh, park in brooklyn oh that's amazing they've yeah. replanted you know everything and they've wow. restored the buildings and the fences it's beautiful they've yeah. really done you know they've spent the money and they've made that's them good. look very very good and i think for a long time parks were a bit problematic weren't they were they? yeah yeah like, they sucked a lot of money out of they did funding and they, they were kind of looking shabby people were scared to go yeah they were seen as places where bad yeah. things took place and yeah people were scared of them they were like a maintenance liability and yeah exactly um, well let, let's let's walk let's, let's walk, walk again yeah. because I, re- I remember when I was a student here at the end of the 90s <laughs> yeah people didn't necessarily want to come into this park it's at like night the, the dark ages of parks and yeah <laughs> it, was, it was kind of you yeah. know they, they would say to you don't walk across across this park at night yeah I'm I mean, not sure if it's still still the I same I think that's but... still potentially said for some routes but um yeah yeah, uh, but I know a lot of people still do. Whether that's <laughs> whether that's wise or not, I don't know. I yeah, because well, I'm I'm mainly on my bike. So. You're you're on your you're on your bike. Yeah, aren't you? but, I, um, I, I I remember some drunken uh, drunken times trying to find Akbar's, oh, which wow. is the famous curry. Uh, restaurant. I'm not sure if it's still open in this park. Was it? Oh, was it in that like old pavilion? The old pavilion, here? yeah, exactly. There is yeah. a there is a, yeah. a curry place, I think, but I, I don't know whether it's called yeah. Akbar's. Um, yeah, you could definitely get lost if you were trying to find it at night. Yeah. I mean, that's another interesting debate. I think there have been debates in this park about whether like, whether to light all the routes through it. Right. And some people have been against that because they want to maintain a more natural yeah. aesthetic. Other people have said, oh, but it would make it safer. But then there's a debate about whether having lighting actually makes it safer because... I guess you might be in the middle of a lit route, but then you've got big pools of darkness on yeah. the side. So, does that actually make it safer? So, um, yeah, I'm not really, not really sure. But um, yeah. yeah, it's. Uh, I think yeah, I don't know. I because I, I didn't, I didn't live in this part of Leeds, but um, I think cer- certainly in the daytime, I would say this park has a decent reputation, and I'd say most people would feel really safe in the daytime. Yeah. At night, maybe not. <laughs> but you know, there's not it can't be that many inner city parks that people would feel safe in, in at night I don't know yeah and maybe London Fields is now just 24 hour yeah uh, t- uh, 20, open zone 20, 24 hour 24 hour parties yeah well, maybe I mean obviously you, you want you want people to be safe definitely and you want it you want to have that safety feel but then there is something about I don't know if you remember when you were when you were a teenager David but we used to go we will go to places like parks mm. specifically at night because yeah. Yeah. you were not bothered yes. and people didn't go there so you yeah. could listen to loud music yeah for a sense maybe, of quiet yeah maybe uh, drink uh, drink beers when you're underage and yeah. get up to all sorts of um, all sorts well, of that's, uh, that is interesting silliness like that yeah that sort of <laughs> makes me think about like we talked about planning transport planning earlier but the other interesting thing about cities is all the unplanned uses and like yeah I've read it you know having done spent a lot of time reading about this stuff like I don't know we've come across the movements in the 70s and onwards that were kind of against planning there was kind of like the 
the non-planning movement and they were always trying to emphasize that like you can't plan for everything and right. sometimes the way people use spaces in unplanned ways is just as valuable just as productive yeah they might not have been talking about uh, teenagers drinking in parks but <laughs> you know that is an interesting example and like you there's only so far you can plan for everything and uh yeah maybe we should be more open less judgmental about about those those informal unplanned uses of all these spaces like I guess with the caveat that no one's getting hurt. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, so, you know, various times in history, people might have frowned upon teenagers playing music in a park. But I don't know if people aren't getting. It's an interesting debate, isn't it? Like, is that? It, it's uh, that's that's really yeah, it's really really interesting, David. And well, coming into view now is the skate park. Yeah, here. interesting. And I think you know, skating sort of comes into that as well, doesn't it? Because it does. Yeah. That's one of those things that um, you know people just go and do in to this buildings or in parks or in car parks or whatever and um actually then latterly then yeah. we kind of say well okay here's a here's a skate park for you exactly or yeah like, but yeah people like skaters just go and really skate wherever point. they yeah. do yeah i mean that's skating yeah that really that could be i'm sure it has been a subject of all sorts of like urban podcasts but like i guess skaters like yeah they do like to skate in unplanned places but they also seem to like planned skate parks as well um yeah. but and this is a very this is a big this one is a really popular well, one yeah. yeah so like lots of people skating over there but yeah. the fascinating thing is they never just confine themselves to the planned skate parks and there's always <laughs> a bit of a cat and mouse game isn't there between skaters and the authorities sometimes because yeah but it's interesting that they do they do like the planned places it's not like a you know that is yeah that is super popular like all year that skate park it is isn't it um, I, yeah I don't really know much about skating but I am I'm fascinated by the way skaters find interesting parts of cities to skate in like like a whole different way of looking at a city exactly and that's I think it's that kind of interaction with it isn't it like they're using the benches and the stairs and the yeah the, the ramps and things they, they're kind of interacting with the city like how people who do parkour and things like that exactly, kind yeah. of do as well, which I think is another sort of fascinating. Really is, yeah. Yeah, way of, um, yeah, kind of like this is where, yeah, the, the local government officer me thinks is thinking about, yeah, the maintenance, <laughs> maintenance liabilities of that, and it's like it's, it's, it's really difficult. But yeah, at the yeah. same time, it's fascinating how how people, yeah, how skaters use benches in ways they're not intended for. Well, and um, as well, David, do you think, like, all the things that you've studied in your job, do you yeah. kind of see, do you see the city in a different way to how everyone else does? Do you, do you kind of think of, like, how things are laid out and when you go to other cities, do you think, oh, these people are doing it well or these people are doing it badly? Yeah, you can't help but do that, yeah, when you've spent so long poring over plans and designs... It definitely changes the way particularly the way I look at streets and like road layouts yeah. and even you know even things like traffic signs and like the road markings like I've spent so long like debating them like that yeah when you go I mean it makes everything more interesting because there's so much more you look at the detail and you understand it more and you um, you can think about how it could have been differently or you can done differently you can try and work out why it's been done like that sometimes it's like a puzzle and then as you say sometimes you can critique it and say oh no that's yeah we wouldn't have done it like that or that's a really good example so like yeah when i'm generally when i'm in london i'm you know in awe of a lot of the new cycle infrastructure there and yeah a lot of the you know the park landscaping is just so fantastic 
Yeah, um, but yeah, but we're bringing a lot of that to Leeds now as well. But, yeah, um, definitely. But yeah, it does definitely does. Um, I think you notice, you just notice a lot more, like a lot more detail. You can't not see it <laughs> once you've kind of worked on it. Um, even I, even I think things like that. When yeah, we, you know, you, we were talking about the ring road earlier. There's a junction on the Leeds ring road <laughs> where you kind of, if you want to pull off, you have to pull off in the fast lane. You know yeah. what I mean. Oh, and to the rat on yeah, the kind of far pull, side. You yeah. pull off the motorway to the, yeah, yeah. To the side, which doesn't, doesn't really seem to make much sense. And you think, why the hell did they do that? That was, was very dangerous. It was weird. like the Leeds Highway Engineers having an American kind of turn. Yeah. Because I think, <laughs> I think, I've not driven much in America, but I think that is something they do in American freeways. You can have off ramps on yeah, both sides. Yeah, both sides. And yeah. I think, I should, know, I should know the history of this, but... Um, Presumably, like that was allowed at that point, but it's no longer something that uh, that road designers would do. Yeah, and it was a bit unusual. It, it, it comes the other way as well. There, there are some roads. Well, I, obviously, we we did. I mean, David did a talk. Where I was talking about the unbuilt book mm. in Leeds a few months ago, and a lot of motorways are kind of unfinished. Yeah, more more than you would realise. Yeah. And there are some motorways where you kind of join again into the fast lane and you, whenever you do that there's one in London on oh, the, yeah. the, the east east cross route in Bow yeah, is there wow yeah and yeah. When, you're, when you're driving that it's not much fun no when you suddenly arrive at a motorway uh, in the fast lane yeah. and you just yeah. think well why is what this going on? <laughs> what's going on yeah, yeah we've not, got that bridge you probably know just beyond the right the universities that was part of a slip road that never got never got finished it's now a car park near the old broadcasting place indeed um, and that would have fascinating and that would have been um, um, the motorway which would have come Cheers. down <laughs> so it's walking past walking that, that would have podcasting <laughs> that would have come uh, down here wouldn't it that would have been the, the yeah. Head- Headingley Expressway oh, yeah oh yeah absolutely that's also in my uh, PhD if anyone's interested <laughs> I will be <laughs> trying to I will be it now. requesting a copy but, yeah, of that definitely. yeah that, that was yeah I mean that had so many iterations but at its most ambitious yeah it was a it was an expressway from the city centre to at least yeah. like Headingley Arndale with like big big junctions with like slip roads and grade separation and a bypass of the centre of Headingley so yeah they, they you can't say they didn't think big in that area and yeah. um yeah, that was that was bitterly resisted from. They kind of wanted to do it or something like that from the 1920s all the way to the 1980s, and it was resisted by community mm. groups successfully. Um, but yeah, would have uh, would have made where we are right now very different. It These buildings have, would not be here. Exactly, um, it would have been, that been, guy might not be cycling you know, on, on, on an expressway. On the expressway. Yeah. But yeah, there was a lot of big a lot of big thinking, and maybe. Maybe it's time to think big again, David. Like, yeah. you know, in, in a different way. Obviously, not by building uh, highways and things, but maybe now we need to think big in terms of building more cycle lanes and yeah. building all kinds of other things like that. Right? Totally agree. I mean, that's that's like my point I made earlier that like I am kind of in awe of the ambition of the earlier era, and like we, it'd be great to move at pace, particularly with the you know the challenges of climate change and public health challenges we face. Like we do. We do need to kind of get going with cycle and walking and public transport provision. So, yeah, trying to take a leaf out of their book in terms of ambition and like the pace of, of change would would, yeah. would be good for cities. Um, yeah, but I think 
maybe the positive change that's happened since is that we do a lot more consultation now. Things are much more democratic, right? Which obviously slows so not things so down. Top down, like it yeah, was exactly. Um, I mean, it was beginning like my PhD is kind of all about how that how it began to become more democratic because communities oppose these sorts of changes. But um, we have and we've learned lessons from that era. But the, the flip side is it is slower because obviously you know democracy takes time. So we're probably never going to be as fast as they were like in the fifties and sixties, but. Maybe we could be, you know, we can aim to be a bit faster when, yeah, with all these goals we've got. Definitely. Yeah. Le- less like, you're not going to be the Robert Moses of... Uh, no, I, I, I wouldn't, <laughs> no, God no, yeah, no, there's, uh, that's it, yeah, you, there were some real megalomaniac kind of figures in that era, um, maybe less so in Britain, I think it was a bit more, I think the rule of law was probably a bit more dominant here, but, um, but yeah, no. It's going to be more like collaborative and sort of just discursive and uh, deliberative than 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 the Moses era. Definitely. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing uh, what happens. I'll have to come back to Leeds again. I'll see what uh, yeah. projects you've been working on, David. Exactly. How you're redesigning. And maybe you'll be able to visit some new Yorkshire Lidos as well. Absolutely. Maybe Leeds will be full of Lidos by then. Yeah. You never know. Let's do that. Yeah. Open some more of them. Well, yeah. we're, we're back at Hyper Heart Book Club now, so. Yeah. We'll go and uh, let's go and do the event, yeah, we'll shall we? Talk, yeah. Thank you so yeah, much no, for uh, doing the podcast. Anyway, David, enjoy talking to you. Yeah, I look forward to um, hearing it online. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers, David. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Park Date. Um, there's lots more where that came from, and there'll be more in the future as well. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review, um, good or bad make them funny I'll be reading out the best ones and there'll be a prize for the one that makes me laugh the most name check some trees in your reviews and leave them wherever you get your podcast from check out our website parkdate.co.uk and um, if you see me walking around in a park come and say hello I think that was the sound of someone sneezing um Yes. Thank you. Bye-bye. Coming up on the next episode of Park Date, I'm selling me piano, aren't I? The old piano. Come and buy it for £1 on the next episode of Park Date. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.